Welcome to another episode of Civic Cipher. I'm your host, Ramses Ja. He is Ramses John. It's very important that people know that. <laughs> I don't know if we say that enough that you are Ramses Ja. Indeed, I am. When we out in the public, people say it. It's very exciting. I am Q Ward. Yes. This is Civic Cipher. That's important. And uh, it's a crazy time in the country right now. And uh, we got to talk to you. So that's what we're here to do. Um, stick around because today we are going to be sharing some stories about police and making the point that it's not black or white but rather making the point that it is blue and this is something that a lot of people are not connecting especially people that are far removed from the goings on on the streets, the goings on with respect to activism, the goings on with respect to um, invisible social societal forces that keep us divided and keep us from understanding the the true reality of what it's like to be in the other's shoes. So we're going to spend a good part of the show talking about that and again, sharing some personal stories. We're also going to be talking about... Um, for our Way Black History Fact, we're going to be discussing the largest bank robbery in the history of the United States of America. Uh, just to give you a brief um, view of what that looks like, it's basically a bunch of people stealing from black banks. Um, and then we're also going to give you some game on how you can support, um, you know, the NAACP's efforts to, you know, create some real police reform in light of all the goings on with Tyree Nichols and the aftermath of that. So a lot to stick around for. But first and foremost, I think it's time for some Ebony Excellence. How do you feel about that, Q? Shall we? We shall. So this week's Ebony Excellence is sponsored by Hip Hop Weekly Media. And the content comes from Black Enterprise. Uh, we're going to shout out Jennifer Ford this week. Um, I'm not a big shoe person, but Q is. I remember one time you introduced me to a guy, I believe his name was Alexander in Georgia. Yes, Alexander John. Yes, and he's a big shoe guy too. Yes. And then you took me to Complex Con, and there's a lot of shoe guys out there. Anyway, Jennifer Ford is a shoe person, woman. Uh, she's a Houston native and the owner of a sneaker store called Premium Goods. And she's confirmed a new collaboration with longtime supporter Nike on a new Air Force One. According to Vogue, the design was created by Ford, who was inspired by items in her own closet. The sneaker's design features quilted sides and a beaded iteration of the signature Nike swoosh. Quote, there's this artistic part of me that I never get the time to use or develop, unquote. Ford said, recalling her desire to craft such a project. Uh, she goes on, I knew I was fully capable, but now seeing the, the creation I made, I know I can do it. It's every sneaker owner's dream. The collection features two sets of black and beige Air Force Ones that Ford named after her daughters, Sophia and her niece, Bella. The sneakers are complemented with laces and are held by a metal rose, which Ford used to present a generational family name. The collaboration highlights the accents on the shoes as a love letter to the black woman who, women, sorry, who continue to inspire Ford's success with her craft. Uh, uh, she's quoted saying, for me, it's important because if I'm the only one, people have to see me, Ford said. 
Um, and reportedly, Ford became the first and only black woman founder of a sneaker retail store in the country when she opened Premium Goods. So once again, shout out to Jennifer Ford. You indeed are Ebony Excellence. Now, if you are a longtime listener of this show, Civic Cipher, you know that we came out the blocks with a story that was in hindsight it's 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 almost the perfect story to tell uh as our as our first story together on this show in this space um this is a story that we're going to tell again today the story helps us make the point that we will be making throughout the show that it is not a black and white thing often enough it's black people versus white supremacy sure but as we've established uh to the nth degree in recent episodes white supremacy is not necessarily white people right it's white supremacy or white supremacist institutions are those institutions that overwhelmingly benefit white people but aren't necessarily upheld by white people they can be upheld by anyone now um as you may or may not know, depending on when you've jumped on to the Civic Cipher train and subscribed to the Cipher Life with me and Q here. I uh, like that. The Cipher Life. Yeah, man. All about that on the shirt somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know that this show exists to foster conversations, dialogue, to bring things to, you know, your attention. And we're doing our best to exist in spaces where we're most likely to find allies, people who want this sort of content, but may not go and seek it out. Um, this is the origin story of this show. Uh, we, uh, for those that don't know and are unfamiliar, we used to work at a radio station. Uh, one radio station. It's crazy now that we're on all over the whole country. <laughs> but We did work at one radio station and... We had, I think, two or three shows together over the years, something like that, right? Um, so when 2020 rolled around, we got active, as you do, and we got outside. We started protesting, holding up signs, taking our kids, you know, making an event of it, you know, affirming that our black lives mattered. How um, dare we? It's, How it's dare crazy. you affirm? that your life matters young man well listen man i i, I could do nothing less because i i got two sons to raise i'm, I'm sure you echo that sentiment um she was just being sarcastic for those that couldn't see his face here anyway um so that uh, there was there was a time when we were um trying to get the leadership that we were following on the streets these are actual people who uh, have studied this they know how to organize they know how to protest these are community leaders these are aspiring politicians these are th those types of folks um and what we saw in our city in phoenix we saw black women out there so shout out to keisha shout out to zara shout out to all the the the, the women from uh, blm phoenix metro and from poder in action and from shoot white paws and all the all the orgs that were out making it happen but often enough we saw black women out there powerful speakers incredibly intelligent insightful knowledgeable and they had bullhorns they did not have radio stations 
And that's where we had to do something about it because indeed Q and I had access to a radio station at the time. And so we approached the leadership at the radio station, really the program director and the owner and the uh, general manager and said to them, Hey, uh, we should probably get some of these folks up on the radio so that they can explain what it is that, uh, they believe will help us, you know, get past this moment, this George Floyd moment, this Breonna Taylor moment. Um, and we should do that because doing a black square on Instagram as a hip hop station feels performative and it doesn't feel like as much as we could do if we really care about these people. So uh, they said, yes, let's do it. And then they started dragging their feet. Um, and it was in that space that this story that we're about to tell happened. So I needed to kind of paint that picture for you. So you recognize the climate of the country in the moment that the story takes place. Just to conclude that story, because I just need to give you background. We came back. They told us, no, we resigned. And then we started Civic Cipher with some other radio stations and then grew it up to now you're listening to us. Um, and again, on across the country. But um, in the in the in-between time when they said, yes, that's a that's a good idea. We should definitely do it. Well, they were lying to us. Um, Q had to go to. Where was it? Flo uh, Florida, not Fort Lauderdale, though, was it? Tampa, Tampa, Florida, to buy a new car for um his uh his woman and he asked for me to join him on the trip and we could drive back across the country visit some states we had never been to um so i well you'd been there but i hadn't and i agreed i thought that'd be a good time again there's a pandemic nobody's nothing's happening nothing's really moving and of course there's a lot of tension in the air politically and remember, Civic Cipher doesn't exist. We're still at this time only DJs. We're only hip hop radio personalities. We're not in this space, right? So we're still the version of ourselves that we thought we were going to be in perpetuity. Um, so uh, we jump on the flight, go to uh, Florida pick up this new car, really nice car. It was a Porsche. So just to give you an idea of the, the type of vehicle we're driving back, um, we went from Florida without incident to um, Georgia, stayed the night in Georgia, left Georgia without incident and went to Alabama. And I remember in Alabama, we had to get gas and that was not so fun. Florida, Georgia, then Alabama. Yep. Yep, that's right. I remember this. <laughs> and then uh, leaving Alabama, we, um, you know, hit Mississippi next. And again, largely without incident, as you can imagine, we're looking around on this drive and there's Confederate flags and there's still Trump flags up. And and Alabama was a that was an interesting place because uh, for those who have not spent time driving through Alabama, a lot of the feelings 
of the people with respect to race and race relations in some of those, you know, country roads and indeed even the highways um, and interstates. The feelings of the people are not hidden. They're, they're out in full display on billboards and they talk about it on, on radio. Right out there. And so being in, in a place like that, now, mind you, George Floyd had already been murdered. This show had not started. So this is the in-between. And we're still normal people at that point. Not well, we're, we're still, still normal, normal now today, but we were we weren't doing this show at that point. So that part of our psyche had not yet been activated. Driving through Alabama got us to be uh, tense. We we're nervous, but we we're laughing, kind of making fun. You know, you hear the rumors about Alabama, you realize it's true. You're like, oh, wow, how funny. But, you know, you feel safe. You're in a car, you're driving through, you're like, listen, man, we just had to get some gas. We're just going to keep it pushing. We'll, we'll uh, make it to um, uh, New Orleans and stay the night there. And, you know, New Orleans felt a little safer than, you know, Mississippi at night. So that was kind of our plan. So again, Blazing through, uh, blazed through Alabama, got to Mississippi. Now the sun's going down and we're mobbing outcast on loud, you know, three stacks just going in and we're on the outskirts of Mississippi about to cross over into, uh, Louisiana, the state line. So we're still legally within the bounds of Mississippi. And I'm going to let Q jump in and start the story. I, the first part of this picture that I have to paint, mm -hmm. I don't know if we always say it, but I think it's really important. Mm -hmm. Ram just talked about our mood on this trip. Um, it was mixed because we were very, very aware of the temperature at the country at the time. Mm -hmm. Right. This is the height of not just. This is not just in the wake of the murder of George Floyd, but this is the height of Trumpism, mm -hmm. you know, and that that side of the road. They're waving 20 foot Trump flags from their houses. They they're wrapping their cars and vinyl wrap of of Trump with a six pack and muscles like it was a really <laughs> strange place to look around and realize we were actually living in. And for Ramses, a lot of things were happening. One, he's about to help his best friend drive across country. There's part of that that's just exciting. Drive across country with one of your friends, especially somebody you're really close with, that you've already traveled with before, that you already know you love, that you already know you're going to have fun with. And it's actually fun. Mm -hmm. You're on your own schedule. You don't have a deadline. We'll get there when we get there. We stop when we want to stop. We eat when we want to eat. And we talked a lot. However, Ramses and I are DJs. So there was a lot of amazing music to listen to. Yeah, and we were in the in the the soul of the South mm -hmm. bumping that cast. <laughs> I remember that. <laughs> bumping that cast, though. Mm -hmm. And there was a moment where we're very, very aware that we're in the South and everything in the South is reminding us that it's the South. Like Ram just said, Confederate flags, extreme right-wing rhetoric on the regular radio. Like we didn't have to 
to dive into like the deep web. Like, nope, whatever the regular radio station is in that city, they're talking out loud, talking out loud about all that. And disrespectful with it. <laughs> and um it was dark. Yeah. And it was unusually dark. Well, we're on the state line. No street no lights, no highway lights, nothing, no signs, and because of the trees, no moonlight. Yeah, I remember. It was pitch black, dark outside. So as far as the headlights on this car could shine, that was it. all you could see. Now, in Arizona and in most cities that I've lived in, in the event that drivers doze off or cross over onto the uh, either the median or the burn, the side of the road, yeah, the gore line, there is a thing they do to the pavement mm -hmm. where there's grooves so that when your tires run over them, it makes a noise and alerts you. Hey, you should get back on the road or get back in your lane or wake up. Yeah. Or wake up. Yeah. In Mississippi, those things are not on the side of the road. They're in the middle. Yeah. They're, so let me let me say it right. So in Arizona, where we are accustomed to driving, there is a white strip of paint that defines the lane. Mm -hmm. Just outside of that white strip of paint, maybe six inches to the outside of that, there is that rumble strip that's indented into the pavement that makes the noise if your tire hits it. So if your tire runs over the white line, doesn't make a noise. It's not until you get outside of that white line that the noise begins. In Mississippi, the white line itself has the rumble strip in it. Yes. All right, go ahead. So while we're listening to, I think, Skewed on the Barbie, mm -hmm. is probably where we were about that time. <laughs> Changing lanes. Or maybe not just driving. Yeah. Our tires come into contact with that rumble strip for approximately one full second. So just long enough for you to hear the noise. And then there was really no correction to make. I didn't have to swerve. I didn't have to turn. I didn't have to get over. Just the car will kind of just guide itself back into the center of the lane because I'm driving yeah. uninebriated and not sleepy. It was we were fine real quick. Q has never been inebriated in his life. He's True never story. drank alcohol and never done a drug. You know who else has never done that? Ramses Ja. I've never drank alcohol in my life and I've never done a drug. Right. So we didn't never even have to anything. worry about either of those things. And the other benefit to driving across country with your best friend is that you don't even have to pretend that you're not sleepy. You can either pull over and go to sleep or, hey, Twitch. dog, you trying to get some of this? Yeah. Jump, jump right in. And then just, you know, so... We're en route to New Orleans where we plan to stop and sleep. And we think nothing of the. That was it, too. That was. We think brrr. nothing of that because that should not mean anything. Yeah. Except, I guess, in Mississippi, it means a lot, whole lot. Because. Who let the dogs out? <laughs> <laughs> um, That'll make sense in a minute. <laughs> because the very, very unpleasant sight and feeling of police lights and, and sirens yeah. are now behind us. Now, I always think that's for someone else. Every time it ever happens, I'm trying to get out their way because yeah. there's no way that they're here for me. You're not speeding. 
we doing all right. We good. We so let me get over out these people way so they can. Oh, they're getting over with me. This is for us. Shoot. That feeling. We're in Mississippi in the dark in the pitch black <laughs> at somewhere between 2 and 3 a.m. Eastern or Central, whatever time zone we were in. In Mississippi, summer 2020. Yeah, I think Mississippi were still Eastern. You're talking about the worst possible time to be getting pulled over in the deep south in this country in the middle of the night. That was probably it. Yeah. Uh, real quick. We're laughing about this now. When this happened, this was terrifying. And it's important we, that you we were laughing as I'm starting to describe the specifics is getting real unfunny. Yeah, again. exactly. And and that's something that you need to understand. OK, so, you know, many of you listen to our show every week. You understand that we're reasonable men. We uh, now you know that we have never done a drug. None of, none of that stuff. No, that's not even who we are. We have nothing to fear. Right. Except. Yeah, we do. We have everything to fear. Let's talk un to him. Unfortunately, go ahead. Right. So we pull over. Mm -hmm. There's two vehicles. I don't know if it was both SUVs, maybe a, a, a cruiser and an SUV, but two vehicles. One's a highway patrol officer. The other is a sheriff. They, they were both necessary for pulling us over on this night. And the big spotlights on both sides of the car are on. There are officers approaching the driver's side at this point. Q's driving. I'm in the passenger seat. Um, I rolled my window down. Our seatbelts are fastened. My hands are on the steering wheel. I am assuming the least threatening posture that I can. Um, and as is the case in most of these interactions, sincerely wondering why we've been pulled over. Uh, the officer points out that he heard the noise that tires make when they come into contact with those grooves in the road. Uh, asked if we were okay, if we've been drinking, if we were tired, whatever the case. We're fine. No, we haven't been drinking. Clearly, we haven't been drinking. You know, we're um, not even sleepy. <laughs> at that point, after you answer no, the, the only posture you can assume is, is that it? You're not saying we were speeding because we weren't. You now know that we're okay. We're not tired. We haven't been drinking. Yeah. Um, cool. Except the next thing he says is, can you step out of the car? That changes things. That's the next thing he said. He didn't ask any more questions. He didn't do any more uh, deductive reasoning, no more research. Can you step out of the car? Now, I'm not obligated to step out of the car. Except... When you look like Black as you are, you better count. The decision that you have to make is not even, I better do this. Yeah. But you have two positions that you can assume. One is, I'm going to make myself enemy of this officer by flexing my knowledge of the law, expressing that he doesn't have a warrant or just cause and there's no reason that I need to get out of this vehicle. Assuming an adversarial position to a state trooper in the dark in Mississippi summer 2020 the last thing i want to do is become this person's enemy on principle i can hold ground and stay in the car but i know i've done nothing wrong yeah. i don't have any weapons drugs nothing on me so i'm car. just trying to 
I'm trying to not agitate this officer. Now, picture these bright, these bright spotlights and the voice of a state trooper from in Mississippi. Mississippi. With that Mississippi accent. It sounds exactly like what you're imagining it sounds like. But once I step out of the car, I turn around and see the officer is black. This means something completely different today to me than it did that day. However, to Ramses, it felt exactly how it feels today to most of you who have now learned about the officers involved with brother Tyree Nichols. Now, bear in mind that Q's just stepped out of the car. I'm freaking out because why would they ask him to get out of the car? I've, I've seen this movie. I literally, with these eyes, have seen it in person in, Cal in Compton, California, when I was little. And I don't know what the officer looks like, so I'm still in the car. All right? Now, we got to take a pause for the cause. Uh, we're going to come back with a little bit more of this story because we have a point to make. So um, stay by your radios and we'll be right back at you in just a second.